Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conan. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, how's it going, man? It is going well. It's uh, that summertime <laughs> where it's kind of like no really, nothing's really going on. Uh, so we're just trying to trying to get through. Oh, yeah. I and mean, for from our perspective, the UCLA stuff has, has been slow for, for a little bit. But you just look at the whole world of sports, like, okay, NBA draft is over. Uh, Wimbledon's over. Uh, that big wave of NBA free agency is over. So the biggest things going on right now are NBA Summer League and just kind of the dog days of the MLB regular season. Like they'll have the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby next week. And then it'll just be kind of dead in sports. You'll have like the the Open, like the British Open golf. And then really nothing else until college football starts at the end of August. <laughs> and that's when yeah. like the U.S. Open for tennis. Like it's – this is the the real dog days of summer. Not a ton going on right now. <laughs> Agreed, my friend. Agreed. Yeah, but lucky for us, there's still plenty to talk about because UCLA headed to the Big Ten in 2024. Mm. Uh, we had a crossover episode. I talked about it with James Williams of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. Uh, make sure to check theirs out too. But James and I talked about just kind of the biggest takeaways. I think it was day of that we recorded that. Um, just our our initial thoughts on UCLA and USC moving from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. But there's still plenty to talk about in terms of how it could look, what will happen next, um, just what the overall implications are of it. So we're definitely going to touch on that today. And just a reminder, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Google, Apple, make sure to to like turn on notifications really appreciate it if you come back and listen to our next few episodes we'll uh, try to get some interesting stuff cooked up in these slow summer months but then once football and basketball season are are going to go and you're definitely going to want to be subscribed we're going to have plenty of content every week chatting about ucla sports so we'd really appreciate that 
Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just give our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. So, with that out of the way, let's just get straight into this conference realignment stuff. Travis, we haven't talked about it in the, I guess, nine days since the, the news first broke. And, I mean, it all came together really fast. The news broke that morning. And then by late afternoon, UCLA, USC both put out statements and said it's official, it's voted on, it's done, we're making the move. What was, what was your thought process on that day, seeing everything in real time as that was coming in? Shocked, to be honest. Like, I didn't see it coming. I mean, they, 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 I feel like USC and UCLA were like thieves in the night, you know, where they snuck in. Oh, oh, oh we're voting. Oh, yeah, we're voting. Okay, okay, done. All right, Big Ten, you know. <laughs> and it was like, <clears throat> oh, okay. I didn't even realize that they were – didn't like the Pac-12 anymore. It was just kind of a situation where it was just really weird. And the fact that now they're just doing these lame duck seasons for the next two seasons – uh, like, you know, like going into the Big Ten in 2025, the same year as Texas going into the SEC. It's, it's the okay. year before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going the year before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so they, they so announced they, a year after, but they're going a year before. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't know how the heck they did that so fast. I feel like they've been, they've been working on those deals behind everybody's back <laughs> for a little bit now. Yeah, the, and, the craziest thing about that, though, is – I, like you said, I'm sure this has been in the works for a while now. Is yeah, a while yeah. is is a while one month? Is it six months? Is it since last July when these uh, when Oklahoma and Texas first moved? It's probably more on the the more recent side, but it has been in the works for a decent amount of time, at least enough for the everyone to get their ducks in a row and announce it in the span of one day. Uh, so they they have been doing it for a while. But the the interesting thing is, from reports that are coming out, it doesn't seem like a lot of people at UCLA or USC for that matter were aware of this. So the, the higher ups, the Gene Blocks and Martin Jarmans, they knew and they were working on it. This was their, their project, but apparently Lincoln Riley did not know about this. And, and which means that Chip Kelly, he probably didn't either. Did Mick Cronin know? Did, did Andy Enfield know? Did, did John Savage or Corey Close know? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. This was something that they, somehow we're able to keep under wraps even in-house let alone letting leaks out well to me uh you know i think that's kind of unfair i mean the guy you know not not uh nick cronin but um chip lincoln lincoln riley just got hired right <laughs> and you don't even give him an option like oh yeah we're moving like we just hired you to come to the pac-12 and dominate no 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 you're going to have to go against Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, all these other schools now from here on out. Um, I think it's unfair to him because maybe he doesn't take the SC job if he knows he's going to the Big Ten. But I think – Well, if he had uh, stayed in Oklahoma, he was going to the, to the SEC. SEC, so, so I guess it's either, either way. or, right? Yeah. Yeah. Either way. So I think, um, you know, like I'm, I know it's about like it's, – if you notice – it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be eventually like four super conferences. 
uh, in college football. You know, they're gonna disband all they they're gonna disband all these power fives and then be four mega conferences. Maybe well, three. A, a lot of people are saying it'll get down to two. It might uh, be two. A, a might lot be of the, the big wigs and the, the the biggest personalities and analysts at ESPN were talking about that as if it's an inevitability in the near future. I don't think it'll go that way, at least not yet. Maybe in 2040, that's where we are. Uh, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon because, it, I mean, it happened with Texas and Oklahoma last year when they say they're moving to the SEC. And then it dominates the conversation for a couple of weeks about, oh, this is the next domino to fall and this team is going to move here. And then this league and this conference are going to collapse and they're not going to be this anymore. And this conference's media deal is scaring this school away and just all these different storylines. And it's not that they're false, but I mean, none of those talks were about UCLA and USC. And so no, no. all the stuff that people were whispering about and, and murmuring about what could happen next last July has come to fruition a year later. So yeah, there will be things that continue to change, especially now that you have the added craziness of this UCLA USC move, like something is going to have to happen, but <laughs> it's not as, as working on such a short timeline. Like a lot of people are, are thinking it will, but yeah, you say it could be three or four power conferences. I'm kind of in your boat on that too. I think that, uh, uh, we'll we'll get to it in a bit, but I, I'm I'm in agreement with you there. I'm just curious to see where we may split off in terms of how exactly it happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it happens. I feel like the geography of everything is going to be super weird now. Because I'm mm -hmm. like, whoever thought two West Coast teams would go to the Big Ten? Big Ten is like cold weather football, and you got two California teams going. Um, even to Texas and Oklahoma makes more sense to the SEC than UCLA and SC going to the Big Ten. But I think the Big Ten had to make a move because the SEC was going to dominate with the ratings. I'm, you know, they dominate now. Now imagine adding Texas and the Texan <laughs> network to, 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 the, to the SEC. It's insane. And so to me, the Big Ten had to make the move. Now the Pac-12 was going to be scrambling. Do they add Boise State? That can't replace SC. Do they add, you know, Hawaii? I don't know. I mean, I think uh, the Pac-12 is going to scramble because, or Pac-10 now, uh, they're going to scramble because I think the next boat to, boat to leave is probably Oregon and Washington. You know? Yeah, I, I think. Well, well, first of all, I'll talk about what you were saying with the geography of being weird. I think. And, and this kind of goes in agreement with the conversation of people who say there would be two mega conferences, but I'm just using this as an, as an analogy. You look at uh, in, in baseball, in the MLB, how you have the Oakland days are in the American League and the Giants, the San Francisco Giants are in the National League. They play different teams, different schedules, and they're moving around different places, even though they're miles from each other. Same things with the, with the Dodgers and the Angels and the Yankees and the Mets where geography won't really be the deciding factor anymore. It'll be the league. And then on top of that, you're going to have interleague play and, and all this kind of stuff like that for how non-conference stuff works. So that'll sort itself out in some more structured way, I think. I think that's going to be one of the things to come in this next wave of college football, especially, but maybe all college sports. We could see it in college basketball, um, but more structured 
from from top to bottom, whether that's going to be a commissioner of of college football that separates from the NCAA, mm-hmm. and they only it's it's those even if it's not the power five conferences, it's those power five teams who have their own, if the FBS is their own just separate entity or the 60, whatever 70 teams that are in those top conferences are, are their own league. And then they just kind of arrange it. However it falls and there's interleague play and there's playoff. And I think it's going to start to take more of a professional model personally. Yeah. You're probably hundred percent right on that. I think that, um, I think that's what's probably going to happen, uh, especially if they go super common. Remember, remember the Big East at one time was like the first kind of – they added 18, 19 teams at that one point when the Big East was like, you know, they had West West Virginia and they added all these schools in the Big East. It was like 18 teams deep. Now, obviously, once Syracuse and all them, you know, like once they left and went to the ACC and all that – this, the conference went down, you know, but I remember when the Big East was humongous, you know, uh, you know, when it was not just the Georgetowns, the Yukons, the Pitts, it's St. John's, it was like, you know, West, West Virginia and just Notre Dame and all these, you know, it was a bunch of, a uh, bunch of schools that was in the Big East. So I'm thinking it's probably going to turn into that, um, like you said, with geography, it's about money, period. It's about football money. That's all it really is. They say, I don't know if it's true, they say UCLA and SC is going to get $100 million each uh, for the move. And, that, and, and that's annually. So that's every single year in this new Big Ten media deal that it's going to be a lot with with, with Fox had yeah. a lot to do with this and, and kind of giving those numbers and projections so the schools knew what they were getting into with this move. But I think the Pac-12 payout for the 2020 or 2021 fiscal year, whichever one it was, because uh, that was still impacted by COVID and it was the decreased media deal and not as many football games and all this kind of weird stuff going on. I think the payout was about 19 million. In the Big Ten that same year, it was somewhere around 45 million. So it makes sense. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. And that's and then you add UCLA and USC to this new big 10 and you have their their deal expiring and they're going to negotiate a new one and every school is going to be getting 100 million plus every single year think about it think about it i mean even when sc stinks they carry the pac-12 as far as like you know ratings as far as like media money all that stuff and so when sc leaves because they're the the power tradition in the pac-12 they work and then ucla is like no we got to go with you I think that because UCLA is the power tradition in basketball, SC's the power tradition in football. Uh, you got, you bring that to what, like, uh, let's just say for football, like, I want to go over the schedule. You got, you got at least six games, five to six games where it's going to be nationally televised games, like on primo time. SC, Ohio State in the, in the, in, at USC or at the big, uh, the, the horseshoe. SC Michigan, you know, or at the Big House, or at Coliseum. SC Penn State Whiteout, because they're gonna <laughs> play in the Whiteout game at Penn State at SC. SC going to Camp Randall against Wisconsin. Wisconsin travels. SC going to Iowa because Iowa's that's gonna be a big game for Iowa, right? SC Michigan State. 
because Michigan State is a good program now, you know? And even UCLA against all those teams will still be high-profile games. I just think about think about all those games that SC, just for football, that's like five or six games that could be nationally, you know, nationally televised games. And, I, you know, like, I just think that, like, for, for the Pac-12, it's really SC, UCLA, SC, Oregon, you know, uh, really, that's it. You know? Yeah, I, I think let's. I, I think we'll get to a second uh, to talking about how UCLA fits into the Big Ten in men's basketball and football. But before we get to that, let's talk quickly about the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and we're talking about how they were already so far behind financially. These other conferences, when they had those the whole LA market locked down and now like okay they got seattle and they got portland and they got denver and salt lake city and phoenix which are all fine markets and you got the bay area but the bay area is a pro sports kind of area like giants athletics warriors kings if you extend that out all the way out there sacramento kings the sharks uh Stanford and Cal don't really hold a lot of weight there in terms of the what they draw out of what should be a huge market for college sports. Um, so the Pac-12 is is down pretty bad. They're down very bad. And personally, I think the Pac-12 collapses, dis- dissolves, goes away. Um, and now it's just a matter of how and when. Because there's a whole conversation with Oregon and Washington about, oh, they want to go to the Big Ten. And the Big Ten might want them, but probably doesn't because if they bring in two more teams that bring in less than $100 million, then the payout for each school is going to go down. So does the Big Ten really want that? Do, do they want to just get their pieces and, and just jam them in there, even if it means a little less to go around so they're better in the long run, they have more stability and, and more uh, geographic diversity? Maybe, maybe they do that, but it's not going to happen right away. Well, then you got the Big 12, that's looking, oh, we want Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. Um, they, we can pull them over quick. And who knows whether or not that actually happens, if it happens soon. But it seems like a good fit. You, you can see those, those schools going to that, that conference. That's no. probably the simplest thing. And then you have Oregon and Washington wanting to go to the Big Ten, but then thinking they probably should go to the Big 12, but really crossing their fingers and waiting on the Big Ten. If Cal and Stanford – who knows what they're going to do. And then you've got Washington state and Oregon state who the big 12 doesn't want them. The big 10 definitely doesn't want them. Are they going to the mountain West? What's happening to them? This conference <laughs> is falling apart. Some of these schools are totally screwed. Others are in better positions than others, but overall, I don't think there's a single pack 12 school current pack, the 10 pack 12 teams that are remaining. I don't think there's a single one that's happier than they were two weeks ago. I agree with you 100%. No. Big Ten will take Oregon. They don't want to miss out on the Nike Phil Knight money. Right? I, I mean, how old is Phil Knight? How, I mean, come on. I, I, the, it's Portland, which is a decent, like, I think it's somewhere around, like, the 19th biggest media market, which isn't nothing. It's bigger than whatever Iowa's media market is. Sure. But I don't know. I mean, Oregon has been the – the best football program in the Pac-12 since 
2009 since chip kelly got there yeah. from from they've had the most success in the pack more success than any other pac 12 school mm-hmm. in the the last 13 14 years whatever it's been yep yep but that doesn't necessarily make their brand incredibly valuable where the big 10 will automatically take them i think they're gonna have to wait on notre dame notre dame's gonna say yes notre dame's gonna say no and then they'll make an official decision on them but i don't feel too great about the big 10 bringing them in too yeah, I know. I know. You you have a point when it comes to that. We feel like how old he is, but mm, so much <laughs> money right now. It's too much. It's too much. They they generate too much. They travel. It's not, a, you know, like, yeah, they, they're going to try to go to the Big Ten. Now, you're 100% right on Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, all going to the Big 12. Yes, that's a guarantee. Now, you, uh, Oregon State, Washington State, like you said, they probably go to the big sky or something <laughs> kind of West Coast. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, no, yeah, seriously. Oregon, Oregon State against Montana every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a nice yeah. Uh, Washington State, Weber State games. That'd yeah, be great. some Washington State, Boise <laughs> State, the, or the Mountain West. Yeah. The Mountain West. Watch for the Mountain West for Ares, I mean, for Washington State and Oregon State. Because Colorado State, uh, San Diego, all those schools. So there we go. We found it. Booyah. Uh, but but now, know. what about the Bay Area schools? Where do Cal and Stanford go? They don't bring in Probably. the Big Ten. Do they go to the Big 12? I mean, the, the Big 12, academically, I mean, you look at the schools that are in there, I think Baylor is the highest academically rated school, and they're 75th in the, the recent U.S. News World Report. Yep. Stanford's, what, like five, and Cal's top 20? Stanford goes and, and to they, the – It's not only mountain. rankings, it's just the values. Like, yeah, do Stanford yeah. and Cal – Stanford and Cal would rather join the Ivy League and throw all this athletic money out the window than go and, and be in the same conference as, as like, BYU and Baylor and uh, – like, I mean, like, some of these are decent universities. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you wrong, where Stanford but, goes. I mean, Stanford and Cal definitely think of themselves a lot higher than those schools. Like no, Oklahoma they can go State to the uh, being in the same conference. No, where what what conference is Gonzaga? Uh, the West Coast, but what do they do for football? Do, so so maybe they get rid of their football programs. That's that's not out of the equation. Yeah. At least well, at least at the FBS level, they could be like FCS schools or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I, Stanford hasn't really been good for a little while now. But, but, but yeah, could no, you like, imagine the the school that produced Andrew Luck and John Elway and? and uh, like Jim Plunkett and Christian McCaffrey and Heisman winners and I, I think national championships at some point. Uh, if they're just like, nah, we're done with football. That's it. No, no, that that, be that'd be tough. Look, I went to a school at Long Beach State who produced Terrell Davis. He went to Long Beach State and then they shut down the football program and they never okay. opened it back up again. You know? Um, yeah, no, it's it's not out of the equation. It'd just be a huge step. It would, I mean, look, I don't think they would do it. That's why probably uh, for it, it makes sense for basketball for them to go to the WCC, but they would have to go to the Mountain West. They probably follow Oregon in, in Washington State, Oregon State and Washington State to the Mountain West because Mountain West at least has viable, uh, viable uh, football teams and viable basketball. You know? I just, I, I think I, the, the academics have to play such a big part in this, though where yeah. the, you would think of, of the, the power, the remaining power conferences, they 
have none of them have, are academically strong except for the big well, 10 <laughs> exactly yeah the sanford and cal would want nothing to do with the sec which wouldn't nothing. want anything to do with them either yeah 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 <laughs> uh but or the big 12 yeah and then the acc i mean if notre dame goes there and and they have like boston college and i mean Notre and, Dame and, is the big UVA, the like UVA and Georgia Tech. There's some academic oh. values in the ACC, but really, the the Bay Area schools would want to go to the Big Ten. If they don't go to the Big Ten, I have no idea what they're doing. I think they might <laughs> just dissolve their football programs. I'm not like, and then and then join the WCC for basketball or something, or go independent or join the Ivy League. I don't know. There's so that's the biggest wild card for me. Oregon and Washington are going to be waiting to see what happens, but they'll find their place. And those four corners, not Washington, they'll go to the Big 12. Uh, Washington will go where Oregon goes. That's, that's Seattle. It. Seattle's a bigger market. No, they're not. They're even though in the last 13 years are not as successful of a football program, that's still a very big football brand. Oh, no, I think and, they, I think they yeah. end up joining. I think they end up joining the Big Ten. I think they end up. I, I think it will take another two waves or something to see how this shakes out if it does go to three leagues or something where these schools have to pick a side or the, these bigger leagues are going to have to take smaller schools that decreases the value per team, but kind of gives them more solid ground. Like we are talking about. And that's when the big 10 will take on Oregon, Washington and the Bay area schools. And the, the four corner schools will go to the big 12 and honestly, Oregon state and Washington state will disappear into the ether. And no one will ever care about them again. <laughs> like I said, they, they get, I think they'll end up definitely going to the, uh, to the mountain West, Oregon state and Washington state for sure. Because yeah. for, for them, they're around that level anyway. They're not really a major level school. They're more mid-major, mid-major, you know what I'm saying? So it, yeah. it makes sense for them to go to Colorado state, San Diego state, you know, mm-hmm. all the, you know, it makes sense for them to go there. Now, I, I don't think Stanford wants to do that. I think Stanford, like you said, probably wants to go to the Big Ten, Stanford and Cal. But I don't think the Big Ten really wants them. The Big Ten wants Oregon. I promise you that. They want Oregon, and they probably want Washington. But so, they won't make a call on either of them until they know what's going on with Notre Dame. Yeah, because you've noticed, if they get Notre Dame, say the Big Ten gets Notre Dame, now they're cooking with something big. Because you put Notre Dame, Ohio State, UCLA, USC, Michigan, all in the same Penn State, all in the same conference. Yeah, uh, it's, it's going to get a lot less regional. It's going to get a lot less regional. And then and who knows? Maybe Clemson lives the ACC and say, I'm tired of carrying ACC. I'm tired of carrying it. Maybe Clemson joins the, uh, the Big Ten, you know? Yeah, um, there, there's still a bunch of different options, even for the Pac-12. I mean, we haven't really touched on it, but I mean, they could try to expand and replace the the two LA schools. They, they obviously are. couldn't do it. They couldn't do it with two schools. They'd have to do it with more to replace that value. But then again, you're kind of watering down how much each team gets. Well, but you increase your 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 overall value as a conference. So, I mean, apparently they're reaching out to Fresno State, which just seems kind of sad. Like Fresno State's a pretty solid football program, but. Jeez, if you're trying to replace it, USC with Fresno State and like who, who they could do, uh, Fresno State, State, Boise, yes, Fresno State, Boise State, they ought to be the big, the big out of the mids who can compete with the majors, but like that they should go after the whole idea of this new wave of, of realignment is media markets, money, 
what money are Fresno State and Boise State bringing in? Absolutely nothing. That's why <laughs> they, they'd have to look at like okay, San Diego State because you're in San Diego, Southern California. Eat a little bit of that LA market that you completely lost, and you got San Diego, UNLV, which historically is a good basketball program. Football doesn't do anything, but you get Vegas, and George Cliff got the commissioner has been all in on Vegas. Now, I think it used to be where the the Pac-12 men's basketball tournament was in LA, the women's basketball tournament was in Seattle, and the football championship game was in San Francisco. And now all three of those are in Vegas. The Pac-12 really that, wants that to establish actually... a foothold in Vegas. So that might be a great expand, call. UNLV might be might be the no, you, UNLV by number one. You figure UNLV, like you said, UNLV, San Diego State, and Boise State. Like those might be the three. Yeah, it, it'll know? be really interesting to see how the Pac-12 moves on. But now on the other side of the breakup, let's talk UCLA. Uh, uh, let's uh. let's hit on football first, just because I feel like it's the most cut and dry. It's the uh, money maker. To, it's the moneymaker. It's the, the the most interesting when it comes to individual matchups and all that. That's what most people are talking about, and for good reason, over the past week or so. Travis, where does UCLA fit in this new Big Ten? I, I don't know if you have an exact ranking or a tier. How can you Do you think they'll compete? Where, where do you think they will be? Will they always be an outsider like a Maryland or Rutgers, or can they kind of <laughs> storm in and, and take it by storm like the way Penn State did in the 90s? No, they don't have that kind of talent. Yeah. But okay. um, I think they can be like a mid-team, a mid-tier. Okay, let's just say, like you said, a tier. You figure Ohio State, Michigan, USC, Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, right, are the top tiers, if you want to say football. UCLA can be with Iowa. UCLA can, you know, maybe, yeah, because Iowa's always good, but they're not great, you know. They're really, really good, though. Um, you know, Iowa, uh, Illinois, uh, you know, uh, we'll put Michigan State up there with the top tier football, industry, you know, football. Um, you see, that could be in that second tier, you know, of teams that could be win eight, nine games, you know, every year still, I think. Um, depending on what happens after these next three years, because he figured he signed a three year extension. So this year, next year, and then the third year will be his tryout year. And, that, and that'll be the first year in the Big Ten, by the way. Be the first year in the Big Ten. So I think that's the kind of perfect timing for UCLA to evaluate him as a coach. Because when you move into a different kind of genre and different situation uh, with different kind of talent, we'll see how good he really is. Um, I think, like I said, this year – He'll win games. He'll win games. Uh, you know, UCLA will win about nine, ten games. I think nine games for sure. Uh, I'd be shocked if they didn't, you know. Um, but that first year, his last year on the contract, that first year at in the Big Ten, it would show what what he how good is he as a coach because you're gonna have to see. Like I don't know how they're gonna do it, but let's just say he plays Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Say they don't have to play Wisconsin and whatever, whatever. We're going to see what you're about. If you get blown out 59 to nothing, 50 to nothing, 50 to nothing, I think you're going to get rid of it. Yeah. So, uh, personally, I think UCLA, let's say Chip Kelly is still the head coach then. Yes, yes. I think that when they get in there, they will be probably in that tier that you're talking about with 
with Minnesota and I don't know Northwestern is 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 in that. Yeah, Northwestern's probably at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was looking because you know Northwestern's made a bowl ten out of the last fourteen years. They, they in the past I think five years they've been in two Big Ten championship games. They've had two ten win seasons. So. That's pretty good. That's because they're they, on the opposite side of the bracket. Like, I, I, well, somebody, I mean, yeah, somebody, yeah, but, yeah. But two 10 win seasons and that those 10 win seasons weren't even the ones they went to the championship games in. So they did luck oh. out a little bit when they did go to the championship game, but they got unlucky in those other ones when they were 10 win <laughs> teams. So I, I think Northwestern's pretty good. I think a Chip Kelly UCLA program is on that Minnesota Northwestern tier. Yeah. So like yeah. The, the, the PJ Flex and the Pat Fitzgeralds of the world and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But personally, I don't think Chip Kelly will be the coach in 2024. <laughs> and let's say they get someone who, and this is going to sound a little hyperbolic, is actually able to run a Power Five program. <laughs> and like Chip Kelly is a very good play caller and he's a nice guy, I guess. But Jesus Christ, he cannot run a program to save his life, he can't recruit. He can't roster build. It's embarrassing. It's very sad to watch. We'll do a football recruiting episode soon so I can really vent about this. But, oh, my God, it's embarrassing. So you're right about the talent and how UCLA won't be in that top tier. But let's say that UCLA gets a coach who actually knows how to take advantage of the numerous advantages that UCLA has as a program with its facilities and its money and its alumni and its recruiting base and its location and its weather and the brand all that kind of stuff. I think UCLA can be in that 1B tier. 1A, you're going to have Michigan, Ohio State, USC. 1B, I think UCLA with a coach who fits the program and is here for the long run, and if they make the right hire after Chip Kelly leaves, whether it's by firing or stepping away or whatever, Mm -hmm. they can be – that's 1B can be Penn State, Michigan State, and UCLA. They, so you they think, have you think that, they'll be good as Penn State potential. and Michigan State? Not in that first year. So let's say 2024 is the first year of this new coach. Let's say okay. his name is Shmave Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> what a name! What a uh, name! Yeah, no, yeah, totally, totally <laughs> random. Early, yeah, just totally come made made it up, made up name, completely uh, <laughs> disconnected to any other current coaches. But let's let's say that this guy comes in and by 2025 or 26, I think he has UCLA in that one B tier in the, just kind of in the mix with Penn state and, and Michigan state and just a step above Minnesota. And I mean, Wisconsin's probably one B or, or second tier. They're probably there too. And I I think UCLA can be as good or better. What about Iowa? Then Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Penn State in any given year. They're never going to be as big or as good of a program as USC, Michigan, Ohio State. But there are going to be spurts or stretches or individual years or maybe even eras where they are better football programs than Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Northwestern, Illinois, all these other places. I I definitely believe that. And it's not going to happen when Chip Kelly's there because of how he runs the program. And and he can win a decent amount of games, but oh my god, it's just seeing how recruiting has gone this summer, seeing how how certain hype has died down, and like you said, he'll win games this year. He'll stick around, and 
and he'll take care of his cream puff schedule. But <laughs> he is not built for the Big Ten. That's not going to last. I mean, he might be gone before they get there. So <laughs> when this new era of UCLA football set, settles in, and it's a new coach, new conference, there is potential for UCLA to really, really rise to that second tier in the country and in the Big Ten. Well, I think they have, like you said, they have the resources and the location and they have a lot going for themselves. Um, but yeah, for them to get to that 1B level, that is a eight to 10 win team consistently. Really yeah, nine. That's what 11. Wisconsin is. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what yeah. Penn State is. That's what Michigan State is. That. Yeah, Like that's that nine to 11 win season because let's just say the three biggest Ohio State, UCLA, I mean, Ohio State, SC, Michigan, they're all double-digit win teams every single year. And even um, when they're not, like, let's say one of them has a disappointing eight-win eight win year, they still have more talent than anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> and they're still the yes, biggest yes, brand. Yes, that, so, uh, an eight-win yeah. season doesn't set them back. If you're UCLA and you're on a run of nine, 10, 11-win 11 11 seasons and you get an eight-win season, that might set you back and then you kind of fall down to your to, to earth. SC, Michigan, Ohio State are never really going to fall down to earth. They may have down periods, but, I mean, you know they'll be back very soon. No, one, okay, they're going to beat each other up, right? Yep. Um, so, them, like, okay, let's just say Ohio State's the – right now, obviously, the Ohio State's the best out of the bunch because Michigan just lost a ton of talent to the NFL. So, Ohio State's the best out of the bunch. They're, they're probably a 12 to 14 win team. And let's say Michigan is a nine to twelve, and then USC is a ten to twelve win team. I think, like I said, Michigan, Michigan, I mean Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin, uh, like you said, Iowa. These are like those eight to ten. And so, like, I really feel like if SC got the right, I mean, SC, UCLA got the right coach, I, I agree with you if they can compete uh, with those type of teams. Now, do I think it's going to be much, much, much harder for him to get those eight to 10 wins? Probably so. Um, just because, like, in the Big Ten, let's just say that, uh, you know, besides Illinois or some things like that, there's no cream puffs in the Big Ten in a way, you know? Yeah, even Indiana, you would think of Indiana as a cream puff, and then they were pretty good. I think, did they go to the Big Ten championship game a few years ago? That's I mean, they won. They won year. like yeah, they won like nine, ten games. I, mean, I think it was that that the shortened twenty twenty season when they were like Michael Penix went off and they kind of popped off, and Indiana suddenly became really good. It, that was yeah. kind of wild. Well, no, Indiana has talent. It was weird because I remember they had like NFL receivers. Uh, you know, they were they they always play they always play uh, Ohio State really well, and yep. they play Michigan really well. So. The Big Ten is no joke top to bottom. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, it's not like the Pac-12 where you can coast by and beat Oregon State or coast by and beat a Washington State, you know? Um, now you got to play every game, game in, game out. So for UCLA, for them to pass Penn State, I think it's going to take a, a different philosophy of coach, right? Yeah. You know, because uh, Penn State coach is great coach. You know, all these coaches now is like a whole nother level. So you can't go into the Big Ten with the coach they have now. You have no, to go I, in with a new philosophy and 
and preach new hope. Yeah, because Chip Kelly is a very good coordinator. He's a good play caller. And even though the, that type of play calling and how he runs an offense isn't as crazy and gimmicky and, and wild off the walls, insane as it was at Oregon, that's still his, his bread and butter. Um, and, and that's not really how things are going nowadays. I mean, you look at, uh, Oregon, um, and they hired, um, uh, why am I blanking on his name? The, the Georgia defensive coordinator. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they hired Oregon hired Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning was, it was a good defensive coordinator at Georgia, but really he's a recruiter. He's a team builder. He's a guy who can rally a team. Those are the coaches who are getting jobs now. It's mm-hmm. not really the X's and O's guys. So it, it, they, UCLA will have to look for a guy who they know can build a program with a lot of talent. And then maybe they're also a good X's and O's guy, or they know and work with X's and O's guys who they can bring in as coordinators. And they have a, a deep rich coaching tree to replace those guys when those guys move on for other jobs. But just getting an X's and O's guys like Chip Kelly is not going to work in the big 10 when they're going against USC, Michigan, Ohio state, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Penn state, uh, whoever that gets so much talent. You're in Southern California, take advantage of it, get the talent. All right, Travis, let's move on to basketball, men's basketball, how the, how UCLA is going to fit into this new big 10. I think you and I are both very interested in that. And uh, it's maybe flown a little bit more under the radar than all this football stuff that everyone's been talking about. I think it'll be really interesting because I think UCLA has more national championships than the entire Big Ten combined right now, which just goes to show the second they step into the Big Ten, they have the most history, the biggest brand, just as they did in the Pac-12, and that's still going to be the case in the Big Ten. But how do they fit when it comes to contemporary success and the next five years, I mean, Michigan, I mean, Jawan Howard was, he took a step back his first year. He took Michigan to the elite eight and that was great, but they weren't very good this year. And then they, they so magically go to the sweet 16 after sneaking in on the bubble or something like that. I forget what it was, yeah. um, but he's, he, Jawan Howard is running a pretty good program. Mm-hmm. And then you got Illinois, which, was a one seed two years ago, won the big 10 this year, were they in the big 10 championship game? They were a four seed. Something like that Illinois is on a really good hot stretch right now. Indiana is, if not a blue blood, one of the more successful historical programs in the country. Mm-hmm. You have Michigan state with Tom Izzo, another guy who, I mean, how much longer is he going to be around for? I don't know. He's 67, 68. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as he's there, I mean, Tom Izzo against Mick Cronin, Izzo who's been to what, like, six final fours or something like that. There's a lot of competition and a lot of interesting matchups, whether it's Izzo versus McCronin or UCLA, Michigan, a rematch of the elite eight, the 51 49 elite eight came from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana with their history and, and Bobby Knight against John Wooden, kind of that passing of the torch in the seventies. I mean, John speaking of John Wooden, Purdue, he played there. There's a statue of John Wooden outside of, of Purdue's uh, arena. There's a statue of John Wooden outside of Poly Pavilion. So there's a lot of history and interesting little connections. But Travis, what are your first takeaways from UCLA basketball going to the Big Ten, whether it's 
how they fit in, where will they be the best? Will they be in the top tier, second tier? And what matchups are you looking forward to the most? Well, I would say this, you know, like they instantly go in, you see like instantly goes in as the best team in the conference. This is my opinion, right? Now, will they be the best team in the conference? I don't know. It just depends on like who comes back, who's there, you know, the, the talent of the team. Yeah, by 2024, I don't, is anyone yeah. who's currently on this team even going to be on that team? Probably not. <laughs> who knows? That's what I'm saying. Like, so we yeah. got to see yeah. what Nick Cronin does as far as recruits and things like that. But they become instantly the best team in the conference. Michigan State with Izzo is good, but in in, in recent years, they haven't been as good. Yeah, Izzo is not getting the same talent as he used to get. No, I, I think where, where Krzyzewski uh, and even Roy Williams – in, in their later years started to pivot to, from being a four-year program kind of place to being a one-and-done five-star factory, Izzo didn't really make that same adjustment. So I don't know if it's the geography, his mentality, the, the brand of the program, that he wasn't able to do that and didn't want to do that. Or, but, yeah, you're right. He's not bringing in the, the talent that Duke and UNC was, even though he's, I mean, if not on that historical tier, the next one below. Yeah, no, he's not bringing in like the Zach Randolphs, Jason Richardsons, Mateen Cleaves. Like he's not bringing that kind of talent in. So like they're good, they're still good, but they're not that good. I think uh, Ohio State is good, but they're not that. You know, like, they're good. They have they have some talent. Um, we'll see how Purdue does. They just lost the lottery pick, you know. Um, but I think. You know, Illinois, you know what Illinois is? Illinois is Arizona East. A whole lot of talent. Oh, okay. Never really lives, <laughs> never really lives up to the talent. You know what I'm saying? Wait, like, when, when did they win the national championship? Was that in 2000 or right around then? Uh, uh, Illinois, uh, Arizona? No, Illinois. Because, wait, did, did Arizona win in 90? 90, 98. 90, 98. And then Illinois won. No, right 90, 97. 97. They won in 97. Okay. Yeah. I know that. I think the last Pac 12 championship was Arizona. And the, the last Big Ten championship, yeah, and the last Big Ten championship was Illinois and whatever. They never won was. it. Illinois never won it. They really? went to the Final Four, yeah. Darren Williams took them to the Final Four one year, but Illinois Maybe never won Maybe that's what it. I'm thinking of. Who was the last one uh, from the Big Ten to win it all then? Oh, mm. Okay, yeah, okay, 05, they were runner-up. Maybe that's what I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, Darren one, they were – 01 was Elite Eight. What, what am I thinking of? Um. Let's see. I'm going to look this up. Big Ten, <laughs> men's basketball, national championships. Well, Ohio State was the last year they went to the national championship game, Ohio State, with uh, Greg Oden and, you know. Uh, Didn't they go – or maybe they just went to the Final Four with, uh, with like, Jared Sellinger, like that? No, they got Aaron. upset. They... they got upset by Kentucky. And that they... was in the Final Four, though, wasn't it? Or was that no, no, the Elite like Eight? Sweet 16. I thought they no, – now we're – didn't one of those teams beat a Syracuse one seed? Maybe that was like Sullinger's freshman year as opposed to sophomore. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I think like they had a good team. Like Ohio State's been good. They've recruited some talent, but you know, they're okay, you know, as far as basketball. They're okay. You know, like they're a little bit better version of hmm. They're not as good as Arizona, right? Uh but they're like an SC type of talent, Ohio State is. Like one pro, some good players kind of thing, you know? Yeah. 
Okay, um, so it was Michigan State that won in 2000. Michigan, I knew it was 2000. Yeah, Michigan, yeah, 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 it was Michigan. that one because Izzo's been to a billion Final Fours, and that was the only one he's Yeah, won. yeah. He went to the championship game with the last one he went, was the final four he went to was I know after he went Draymond. Draymond. Okay. He went to the Final Four oh, it a was couple with years Denzel ago. Valentine. They, it was Denzel Valentine yeah. was on that team. When they beat, when they beat Duke and Zion, they beat Duke and Zion in them and got to the Final Four. Oh, so maybe that was even after Denzel. Yeah. Um, Denzel they went Valentine. to the Final Four I think that Denzel year. Valentine was like 2015 or something. Yeah, yeah. They, he, like every every four years, he gets to you know his senior get class gets to the Final Four. But you know, anyway, uh, UCLA becomes the best team. I think I think it's going to be, you know, like tough on the road because every road game is tough. Um, Rutgers is tough. Uh, you know, going to Ohio State, going to the big house, Michigan, going to Michigan State, going to, you know, uh, not necessarily Penn State, but like going to these teams um, in, like you said, Indiana, like, you know, that's going to be tough for UCLA. But I think that, you know, as far as like talent wise, I think UCLA would be up on the top tier, top tier of the league. You know, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I think. The interesting thing uh, about the Big Ten that you're going to be facing now is in the Pac-12, uh, there's maybe not a ton of talent, especially right now. Yeah. So you look at UCLA's schedule for this coming year, and you say, well, okay, who are you afraid of? Obviously not Oregon State, not Washington State. Washington might have a little time. I don't know. You're not scared of Washington. You're not, Oregon's kind of rebuilding. You're not really scared of them, even though they might steal a game from you. Utah, eh, afterthought. Same with Colorado with some guys that they had leaving. Um, Arizona is really the only one. Arizona State will have talent. You're not really scared of them. Stanford and Cal, same kind of thing where, like, you are much better than them. Like, they, they've had their moments where they're good programs, like a lot of these teams. Yep. Then you go to the Big Ten, and you're like, okay, Indiana doesn't have a ton of talent right now, but I don't want to go to Assembly Hall. I don't want to play that team. <laughs> And Illinois may not have five-star recruits, but they're going to have a Kofi Coburn and they're going to be a one seed, even though they aren't elite when you look at their talent on paper coming out of high school. And I, in the big 10, you're, you're more intimidated. I mean, on paper, not, I'm not a player. I'm not really phrasing it like a player would, but you're, you're kind of from a fan's perspective, let's say if, if you're rooting for UCLA and you see that they have Michigan state on the schedule, like, Oh, well, Michigan state's not great this year, but they have Tom Izzo, man. Indi- Indiana is 500 this year, but you don't want to, you don't want to have to play there. You don't really have that in the PAC 12, except for like sometimes. And, and I'd say more often than not, but Oregon and Arizona give you a little bit of that. That's really it though. In the big 10, you're going to be on your on the edge of your seat a lot more often, even if you are the most talented, best coached, biggest program, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think the best program, probably going to be the best team, most talented team in there in the Big Ten. But it's going to be a lot more interesting on a week-to-week basis. There's not going to be any throwaway weeks where you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, like the Oregon game's all right, and I don't even have to watch the Oregon State game. So – you're, you're not going to have any of that anymore. And, and like, I know Oregon State has, has beat UCLA sometimes, I'm sure. I don't like, 
can't think of the last time. I guess it, oh, it was the Pac-12 they, tournament last year. It was the last, they, the they last beat time. us. Yeah, yeah. So you can't overlook a team as a as a coach or player. I'm just talking from a narrative perspective and a, and a fan perspective, media perspective, where every game, every weekend is going to be, you're going to have to really pay attention, especially in the, the early days of the conference when you don't have, when UCLA fans don't aren't totally familiar with these programs just yet. They're going to have to feel things out. Mm-hmm. I agree. No, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the basketball because, like, like you know, we were talking about, they have, we will have the, the closest talent, but the problem is the Pac-12 has a lot of gimme games, a lot of them. The Oregon mm-hmm. States, the Washington States, you know, uh, like we were just talking about, Arizona State sometimes, even though, you know, if you said they would have just played their game, it would have beat Arizona State. Um Really, the only teams that you worry about is just the Oregon's and in Arizona's. That's really it. Um, in the Big Ten, like any, you can lose on any 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 road night. You know, so like you said, Assembly Hall, they can lose. They can lose at the Big House. They can lose at the Horseshoe. They can lose at Michigan State. They can lose at Penn State. You know, they can lose at Illinois. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out, especially the first couple of years of UCLA. Yeah, I mean, the, the coaching alone in the Big Ten was like a lot of the Pac-12 coaches, and you got Dana Altman, and, and I mean, that's really in terms of experienced coaches. Um, and, and then Tommy Lloyd, even though it's his first year, he's he's obviously legit too. The rest of those guys, eh, they're whatever. The Big Ten. Uh, you got Mike Woodson, former NBA coach. He's he's legit. Iowa, Fran McCaffrey's been there since 2010. Maryland just got Kevin Willard, who, I mean, not that he was incredibly successful, but he was at Seton Hall for over 10 years. That's something. Jawan Howard was great as a player, has done great as a coach these first few years. Tom Izzo's a legend. Uh, Fred Hoiberg, another former NBA coach with Nebraska now. Um, yeah, Matt Painter at Purdue has been there since 05. Greg Gard at Wisconsin since 2015. You got a lot of good, solid coaches across the board who have a lot of experience either in the Big Ten or elsewhere that you're going to have to worry about. You're going to have to worry about how they play physical or how they deal with your tempo or how they do a full court press and all these different things where, I mean, who could you even tell me Washington State's coach right now? <laughs> I, I feel like I probably could have like during the season, but right now my summer brain is on. I could not tell you who Utah's coach is right now. <laughs> could not. Hey, I agree with you, my friend. I think that, uh, like I said, like Washington State, you know, no, hell, even Washington was last year. Awful. Um, yeah. Rutgers beat like because uh, the Rutgers in the Big Ten? Anyway, I just felt like you could lose on any given night in the Big Ten. Yeah, the, the Big Ten for UCLA in, in men's basketball will definitely be really interesting, mm-hmm. and there's plenty more to talk about over the course of the summer, over the next two years, and then when they finally get there, it'll it'll be real and tangible, and we'll get to talk about it that way. Uh, but that'll pretty much be it for this week's episode of Believe in UCLA, presented by Bet Online. Now, uh, we, we ran pretty long tonight uh, for, for this one just because we had to get a lot of our chest about all this realignment stuff. It's really interesting, even if it's weird and it's never going to make sense or feel right. Mm-hmm. Here it is. We'll keep talking about it. We, we've got plenty to say. 
So, uh, Travis, thanks so much again for joining me. And uh, where can people find you and your work online? No, uh, they can find me at Travis W. Reed, S-R-E-E-D, uh, on Instagram and Travis W. Reed on Facebook. And if you want to check out episodes on YouTube, uh, it's, you know, it's an athlete's journey. Type that in. And like I said, like, share, subscribe. All right. Sounds good. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Conan. Or you can head over to allbruins.com, the UCLA site on the Fan Nation Sports Illustrated Networks, which I'm the publisher and managing editor of. You can head on over there for some more UCLA content. This show will be up there. You can follow us on Twitter at SI underscore allbruins or on Facebook at SI.allbruins. So that's all done out of the way. Thanks again for another good show, and we will see you next week. Peace. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy.